it is not always easy to ask for help or accept help. And a lot of times as women and moms, that is not a skill that we have. And I just have to say, if you can acquire that skill and become more confident in help, whatever that looks like, you are going to have far more success. Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms, current and aspiring, to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all, and we'll show you how. Hey, mamas. Thanks for tuning in this week to Mama Has Goals. This is your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith, and I'm officially on week two of having the podcast up and running, and I am so excited to have this platform to connect with you. I know as moms, being able to pop something in your ears while you do the dishes, laundry, maybe it's going for a walk or in the car, it's sometimes the only way that we get to pour into ourselves, and that's why I feel so passionate about sharing resources with you this way. In case you haven't listened to the trailer yet, I did just want to give you a brief introduction of myself so you can get a deeper look into my purpose and who Mama Has Goals is here to serve. I'm a mom of two little boys, wife, vineyard owner, phone app, and community creator, and so much more. But before some of those more recent accomplishments, life handed me the question of, if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? And since then, I've been on a mission to pursue my highest self alongside motherhood and help other mamas do the same. You can connect with us here on the podcast, in our phone app, on Instagram, through virtual and in-person events, but come and check out the trailer episode for more information on that or send me a DM on Instagram to connect. I would love to hear from you. I also want to share with you some of the exciting things we have coming up as we roll into 2023 coming up before we know it. And we'll be releasing some resources around finishing the year strong, really making sure you're setting yourself up for success. So if you'd like to hear about those and some of the free ways that you can connect, you can text podcast to 707-347-0319. I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. One of my great friends, Lisa Betcher, is joining me today. And Lisa is such a powerhouse. She's a mom of four. She owns multiple businesses, including a new consulting business for women to transform their businesses and lives. And she's currently in the process of selling her product-based business, Prim & Clove, which is an ethical handbag company. She also supports her husband, Mark, and his role as a partner at an accounting firm, all while prioritizing their family and personal values. So we're really going to get into the details of balancing it all today, if there's even such a thing. Lisa and I talk about managing mom guilt, her transitioning in titles from student to aspiring stay-at-home mom, employee, entrepreneur, all while navigating kids' activities and being super present as a wife and a parent. They also always make sure to make times for themselves individually. We talk about big transitions and moves with the family, how to listen to when and what is right for you, and how to logistically manage it all. I left this conversation with Lisa so lit up, as I always do, with concrete examples and steps that we can all take to become a more true version of ourselves while honoring what's important to us and taking action on those pools, whether they're big or small, even if we don't see exactly how it's all going to play out. So if you're in need of permission to trust yourself and some concrete examples of how to do that without sacrificing loved ones or yourself, then this episode is for you. You can connect with Lisa on Instagram at lisa.betcher, spelled B-O-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. And of course, make sure you're following us at Mama Has Goals. Now let's welcome Lisa to the show. (music) 
Lisa, I am so excited to have you here and gracing all of our moms and listeners with everything that you do. You are truly just such a powerhouse. I would love for us to just jump right in and have you tell everyone about all the balls that you carry that you have in the air right now and how you go about actually tackling your weeks and navigating all of that. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I love what you are doing with your community. As soon as I met you, I knew that I fit right in because I am certainly a mom who has goals. So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm Lisa. I am a mom of four little kids, ages eight down to age two. And we currently relocated, we're living in Texas, but we have just recently relocated our family from Wisconsin to Texas. So we are in some big shifts that I know we're going to talk about a lot more today. But part of that is that I am an entrepreneur. And I think that makes a lot more possible in our lives when we have more flexibility. Motherhood was really something that sparked that desire within me to have more flexibility in my life so that I can show up for myself, for my dreams, for my purpose and passion, and for my family in a way that felt really good. As you can imagine, I have a really full life with four kids and juggling entrepreneurship and currently selling a business, diving into what's next for me, and have a husband that has a very demanding career. He is a partner at an accounting firm, and so he's on all of the time. He is an incredible spouse. He's an incredible dad. And it's also an incredible responsibility to play a supporting role in this season that we're in. And so we're just kind of juggling it all right now the best we can. I know that one thing that works on my side is that I am a very organized person. I am someone who is classified as type A, or if you are into the Enneagram, I'm a three, so I'm an achiever. So I can make all of this stuff happen. I can make this happen in our lives, but we really work to have success week over week. And that's not to say that every week is perfect or every day is perfect, but we're intentional about setting up our calendars and dividing responsibilities and making sure that each of us get time to feel refreshed because we want to be our best for ourselves, for each other in terms of our partnership, for our kids, in terms of our family dynamic. And so there's a lot to that. So I hope that was a great overview, but I'm happy to dive into that in more detail too. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love setting like the foundation of everything that you have going on. And I do think you are so organized and you guys do such a good job of being really specific with what's most important to each of you in the family. So as a whole, what your family values are and for each of your kids and you and your husband. So is there any like specific conversations or ways that you outline your schedule really tactically that allows you to look at kind of your week as you go in and go, yep, everybody's box is being checked in one way or the other? Yeah, so my husband and I have a cadence of our calendar checks or our calendar alignments that we usually do every Sunday. And so practically speaking, this is something that you could implement immediately of, we don't even share a calendar. It just doesn't work for us to share a platform in that way. Actually, funny story. I use Google and he uses Microsoft for work. And so I sent him all these Google calendar appointments because I want him to have things on his calendar in a line. And his work said, tell your wife to stop sending you Google calendar appointments. And so we've just had to like navigate how to make it work without duplicating a calendar elsewhere. So I share that funny story also to say like, it's possible. You can align and you can both be in your own lanes and still be working together. So we sit down on Sundays and sometimes it's formal. Sometimes it's literally like, the last thing we do before we go to bed, we just quick check in and we try to check all the boxes. We say, when are your most priority work meetings that you're like not available? Who is taking the kids where? So we know every pickup, every drop off, that's for school, that's for after school activities. Are you traveling? Do we need extra support this week if we haven't arranged it already? What are we prepping ahead for the kids for school? Right now it's homecoming week for the kids for school. So they needed dress up days every day of the week. They need a special lunch one day of the week and down to when we want to fit in our workouts. So who is going when in the morning? Are you fitting it in during the day? And then any other like exciting things that we have on the calendar or 
if I have like a mom's night out, it'll say like, okay, I can pick up and do it this time, but then I'm leaving at this time. And so we really just break down what our calendar looks like, what each of us needs to feel supported in that, and how logistically we can make this run as a family because it is really busy. And I know that busy can be a term that's overused or kind of even glorified in a way, but I don't use it in that way. It's that we're in a really full season of our lives and we love it. We're only choosing to put things on our calendar that we love, but it's full. There's six of us. And so we have to figure out how to manage that. And when we are really good at connecting week over week and just talking through these tiny details, then in the day-to-day, we just execute. I'm not stressed of like, oh my gosh, I have to be here. or I can't be here at this time and trying to reach him, but he's in a meeting and unreachable. We can kind of streamline and just run smoothly through what we need to during the week. And then we, as much as we both love to work and love what we do, we crave and cherish family time so much. So we like get through everything that we need to so that then we can have that time together. I love that so much. And that was one of the first things I noticed about you and really connected with you was your ability to really embrace doing it all in a way that wasn't overly hectic and really allowed you to stay true to your values, stay true to that family time, but also do all of the things on your own. You really do prioritize your own personal growth. I know you're really involved in spending time with your faith, being able to really check in as like the really involved mom at school and all the activities. And I was so impressed seeing you navigate all of this. But I'm sure more than often, you become the last priority out of that list because that's just how it goes. So when that happens, how do you manage the mom guilt, making sure that you do bring yourself back forward and prioritize your time? So first and foremost, I want to share this mantra that I think is really impactful to instill the values that I have and try to execute on day over day. And that mantra is people over projects always. My people, people who need me, the school that needs me, where I want to show up, those people matter and they come first. And throughout this journey, especially since having four kids, I've grown as a mom. I've learned so much about coping with mom guilt, sometimes being able to put it to the side and sometimes not, but I have learned that I am one of those people. So if I don't put myself over projects, I'm going to continue on this spiral of burnout. I'm going to become overwhelmed. I'm not going to be able to uphold and live out those values that I want to have in my life so that I feel my best, my marriage is thriving, my kids are in an amazing place. And so I just tell myself that a lot. I'm like, okay, in this moment, yes, am I being demanded? Sure, but people over projects, that is what I want to live out. I want my little people especially to know that I'm there for them and I can show up for them. And I know that it's not perfect. We don't live in a perfect world. There's something actually later this week that I can't go to and it was stressing me out a lot. And so I had a conversation with Mark. He even noticed, he's like, what is wrong? Like, what's going on? And I just shared with him, I feel so bad that I can't go to this. And I know that... 10 years from now, my kids are not going to look back and think about this moment and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe mom was, wasn't was there. But then he steps in and he was like, well, why don't I rearrange my schedule and I can go to it? And that relief, that teamwork, that upholding of our values together means so much. And so getting back to mom guilt, I just want to say you are a person that needs to be taken care of in this. As mothers, as women in general, we are inherent caretakers. We really have the ability to nurture others. And it's so easy to forget that we are one of those people who need that too. And it feels like maybe we should be getting it from external sources, especially in the day and age that we live in, in the culture that we live in. We're looking for affirmations. We're looking for validation. We're looking for someone to check in on us. But really when we serve ourselves first, that is how we're going to radiate out to others. And so it's really important to me to take care of myself. I know how I am. I know that I can get overwhelmed or have a short fuse if I'm not taking care of myself. And so even just asking myself, the question of like, how do I want to show up 
each day? And what would that version of me do in this moment? Is it hit snooze? Is it work out? Is it, you know, what is it make this bad food choice, make this good food choice? How is that laddering up to upholding who I want to be and how I want to show up each day? Yeah, I love that. And I know you do so much inner work and time to really sit and be quiet with yourself. And I think that that probably lends to that and is so important. But also what I heard from what you said is Mark was able to ask like, hey, what's going on? Because you were able to one, identify what was going on with yourself. I think so often, sometimes we get overwhelmed as women and mothers, and we actually can't even answer that question to know like, what is bothering us? What is overwhelming us? And we haven't really invited our partner or anyone, even our friends or coworkers or managers in to ask us like, hey, something seems like a little off what's going on. And so I think it's so amazing that you've been able to allow that for yourself and others. And with your two oldest children being daughters, really modeling that for them too, especially. So I just want to congratulate you and really honor that you've been able to do that. I just love learning from you. Well, thank you. That is so sweet of you to say. I always say that God gave me daughters first for a reason, and it's been one of the greatest teachers for me. I definitely struggled with a lot of things in my adolescence and growing up, and I want to reflect something different than what I had. And so that's also a huge intention here. The other thing that I want to share about what you recognized here is that it is not always easy to ask for help or accept help. And this is something, this is a muscle that I've really worked on over time because part of why I didn't even share that with my husband to begin with is I assume a lot of things. He has a very busy career. He will be more stressed out if he takes this time out of his schedule, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The story could go on. But when I come back, take a step back and realize, again, this mantra, people over projects, he wants to show up for that too. And we will make up for that time elsewhere. Yes. Is it a sacrifice sometimes? Sure. He might have to work late. He might have to work more on the weekend than he wants to, but we exercise flexibility so that we can make these decisions. And I exercise that muscle of asking for help and or accepting help to make that even possible. And a lot of times as women and moms, that is not a skill that we have. And I just have to say, if you can acquire that skill and become more confident in help, whatever that looks like, you are going to have far more success. And success can be defined a lot of ways. I think it could also just be translated to, you are going to feel so much more at peace with where you are if you don't feel like you have to do everything alone. I couldn't have said any of that any better. That's amazing. (laughs) And (laughs) one of the things with this mom guilt that I keep remembering is that you shared with me once that you didn't necessarily always see yourself in this light as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So I would love for you to take us back to when you originally felt called, if I remember correctly, you really were like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I plan on being a stay-at-home mom. But you didn't stick to that plan and your desires have definitely shifted multiple times. And I would love for you to talk about the very first transition and then kind of each chapter bringing us to where you're at now in your entrepreneurial career. Yeah, there are so many pieces and steps to this journey. But I think stepping back, I was actually thinking about this recently. Back in high school, you know, when you're a junior or a senior in high school and everyone is talking about what they want to be after high school, are you going to go to college? Are you not? What are you going to college for? I never felt like I had the answer. The thing that I knew that I always wanted was to be a mom. And everything else was like, oh, I would, I would love to do that. That sounds really cool. Or oh, that sounds cool. Maybe, maybe I'll go to school for that. And so it was really hard for me to even step into this space of, okay, I'm going to go get a four-year degree. What is that supposed to be? Because I still don't have clarity around what I'm going to do with it. And I allowed myself permission to just explore what I liked. And it was half health, half business. I kind of always had this dream of having some sort of social entrepreneurship path or trajectory because I loved 
you know, way back when, when Tom's, the brand Tom's Shoes was big. I'm like, that would be so cool. I would love to have something like that someday. But I didn't even know the path of how to make that possible. So I'm like, okay, what, you know, what can I do in the meantime? And so I had settled on a degree in psychology and I just so happened to have a job during college that the marketing coordinator was going out on maternity leave. And they were like, hey, we're going to have you fill in. I'm like, sure, great. Like I'm type A, I'm an achiever. Like, yeah, plug me in. I'll do whatever we need to do. And long story short, I ended up acquiring that job and I loved it. There was something about marketing and being creative and figuring out strategies and concepts and testing and all of the data and the results and how things perform and how people react to them and how that generates sales and moves business forward that I just became obsessed with. So I'm like, okay, I I guess this is the path that I'm going down. So after college, I held on to that job a little bit longer. And then I started interviewing for like next marketing jobs. How could I take a step up in what I was doing? And I landed a great job in an industry where A, women were not prevalent and B, I was the youngest by like so many years. I got a marketing manager role in the home improvement industry. And I was like all right, let's do this. And in the first year I was nominated for a national marketing award because that's just who I was. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm like, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to do this. But it just deepened my love for business. And at the same time that this was going on, kind of in the background, I just always had other creative ideas that I wanted to try, other things that I wanted to do. And so I would dabble in it. I always had a side gig going on and it would last a little while and then it would evolve into something else and then something else would happen. But it felt so satisfying to me to be trying different things and just like having that outlet that was less of a job and more of what can I create? Because I felt so called to create. Then I decided that that Tom's business idea was not so far-fetched. Like, actually, could I make something like that happen? And so I decided to go back and get my master's in public health. And so how old were your kids at this point? I did not have kids yet at this point. So this is like leading up to a lot of other pivots. But why in retrospect, I wasn't like, hmm, I should get a degree in social entrepreneurship or MBA or anything like that. Um, I mean, this will come full circle, I promise. But I was just very drawn to getting to the root cause of public health issues and how to resolve them through a social business model. I was a very non-traditional student in this track, but I loved it. So had a stint in public health. That's when I started having babies and sitting behind a desk in local public health drained the life out of me. When my living, breathing lives who I had birthed were not with me during the day and I felt like I had no purpose in what I was doing was when I just had to scratch everything and say, I actually don't want to be here. I would way rather be at home with them. What am I doing with my time? This does not feel purposeful to me. I am not making a difference in the world. I'm not even fulfilled by this. I actually come home and don't feel great because this is not a great position for me. I want to touch too on sometimes we have to make decisions around what works best for our families. And so even if we want to take a leap, it's not always the right time to take a leap. And so I was patient. I was patient until we had a point in our family where it made sense for me to scale back to part-time. And that felt really great to start getting this balance of more time at home with my kids because I had the desire that I wanted to stay home full-time. And then that time came and it was great. I thought it was everything that I had ever hoped for. And I remember someone had said to me like, oh, are you going to, you know, stay home for a little while? And then when your kids get older and I just react, I'm like, ha ha ha, like, I'm never going to have a job again. This is going to be so great. I'm just going to be a stay at home mom and wife for the rest of my life and jokes on me because it lasted mm, two months before I'm like, hmm, what can I do? Like, what should I be doing right now? What can I be creating? And it was in that moment when I realized that I 
was not whole when I was not doing these other things in my life. And that doesn't mean that someone who is a stay-at-home mom should feel like they need to have a job or something else. This is, if we are not fulfilling our purpose, the purpose that we are here on earth for, you are going to struggle. You're going to constantly run up against this resistance of just not feeling great in your day-to-day or not feeling like you're accomplishing anything. And it has been wired in me from birth that I am supposed to be creating and doing these things. And so I started just dabbling in some freelance work and that felt really good because again, we desired that flexibility and that led to a job that I never saw coming. I worked for a startup. I ended up being the chief marketing officer at that startup. And simultaneously of that job, I was also developing my brand that I'm now selling called Prim and Clove on the side. So there's a common theme here. It's like, I always have multiple things going on because I am a multi-passionate person. And ultimately that dream on my heart was still to have that social business aspect. So a few years into that job, I was ready to take the leap. Again, it's timing, it's patience, it's decision-making as a family. At that point, I had three children. And so we wanted to play it safe. We wanted to feel ready for this big leap. Also starting a product-based business requires a lot of investment of time and resources, including finances. And so it was just a big consideration to say I was ready to go all in on this. And when I did, I never looked back. It felt amazing. It felt like I was at the point where this was it. Like, this is what I've always wanted to create. And the spoiler comes that a few years later now, I am at this point where I'm selling. And that was a lot for me to come to terms with because I did feel like that was it. Like, that was my purpose. That's where I wanted to be. So why would I be able to walk away from that or even wrestle with the feelings of giving up? And I wasn't giving up. I am walking away from it with a new understanding that our purpose can stay the same, but the way that we serve it can look different over time. And I always talk about seasons. There are seasons to motherhood like no other. I'm sure you can relate to this. The season where your babies don't sleep, the season where your toddlers have tantrums, the season now where all of my kids have all these extracurricular activities. And it's so crazy from three o'clock to seven o'clock every single day. There are seasons to everything. And it's so much easier to see that when it's not associated with your career. There are generations before us who think a career or have experienced a career as you start somewhere and you want to work there for the rest of your life and retire there and that's it. And I think I've fought against that for so long. It's the path of allowing yourself to navigate away from that so that you can serve your purpose in the biggest and most impactful way. Yeah. I am just always in love with your story. Every time I hear it, it's not the first time I've heard of it. Every time I do, I'm just like, gosh. And one of my favorite things is how so often we don't understand the direction that we are supposed to be going or why we're making the decisions we are making in the moment. And then we can always connect the dots backwards, as they say, right? And so you making the decision to go to school for the things that you did, to have that thought about Tom's when you were really going to be ending up starting an ethical handbag and multi-product company beyond that is just like so amazing over those years while becoming a mother in the middle of it, then deciding you're not going to work, working for someone else off of freelancing to have that experience. And we'll talk a little bit about where you're at now and how that's even become more full circle. But I just think that so often for whether it's our listeners, I think back to my story, we can be, I, I remember a time I was literally sitting on the floor of my living room, scrolling on my phone, just going, what am I supposed to be doing? What are the things that 
this just doesn't feel right. And like you said, if you are lit up and so fulfilled by staying home with your children, that's amazing. And I am so happy for you. That is not my soul calling. (laughs) And I actually don't think I would be the best person if I was with them 24-7 of the week. But also on the flip side of that, you talked about people staying at the same company forever. And I had a big part of me that wondered if I was going to leave the company that I was at for a while. You know, I was treated well. I had some upward mobility. I was able to grow. And then what I realized is I just wasn't fulfilled in that industry, in that role. And I think when we allow ourselves to ask these questions, which is what I think you've done such a good job of throughout everything we've talked about so far today, whether it's your weekly schedule currently, it's where you're showing up for your kids and their activities, supporting Mark and his work, or allowing yourself to step into all these different titles and businesses, each time you check in and go, hey, does this feel good for me right now? And... I just think that's amazing and how it's graduated to all of these things. And can you imagine if you hadn't said one of those yeses, what you would be doing today? No, I actually had a friend send me a Voxer message a couple days ago, and she is at a big life transition or considering a big change in her life. And she said, you are so brave. I've watched you make all of these changes in your life and how wonderfully they've turned out for you. How can I do that too? And it really took me aback because I was thinking, what is the answer to her? And it's never a one size fits all, but I think there are a couple points. One is that when you are so in tune with your intuition, you can trust that it's not going to lead you astray. Your intuition is like your North Star, and it can be really hard to listen to it sometimes because it's going to tell you maybe something that you don't want to hear. And it's like, oh, but everything, if it just stays status quo, like it's fine, don't rock the boat. But on the other hand, I told her, I know that we can't see the future, but each time I have taken a leap and taken a chance, I have experienced things, met people, had new opportunities that I cannot imagine my life without. And that is this confirmation to me. It's like this trust that I continue building in myself and building in my intuition and this decision-making process to say, there are even better, even greater things that exist than the great things that I have right now. And how cool would that be to be able to have that or have that within arm's reach or have that attainable for me. The other thing that I wanted to bring full circle really quick is that public health degree, because this will like wrap in a bow what I'm just saying. So was super drawn to that. I had a hard time vetting different production companies for my ethical handbag line because I really wanted the values to be upheld. We were investing our own capital. So I had minimum order quantities that were smaller than most production companies wanted to work with. And it is like not lost on me that the company that I ended up working with first, they are in Guatemala. And Guatemala is one of the world's most malnourished countries in the world. So they have the most significant undernutrition rates, especially for kids. And I wrote my master's thesis on social business impacting global nutrition rates. There's so much that's possible when you put out into the world what you want to do. And hindsight is always 2020. You're not going to be able to see the future clearly. Even if you're looking for clarity, you're not going to see the whole picture ahead. You have to be able to trust that that next step, that next best step that's calling you is going to take you further than you could imagine. Yeah. I love that so much. And in It brings me to the next thing I would love for you to talk about. So you've recently made another decision that you really probably didn't foresee your family doing a couple years ago. And you really leaned into trust and what was calling you as a family. And you recently moved from Wisconsin to Texas. And this is definitely a serious undertaking. What made you decide to move as a family? And how did you bring your family on board with that vision? Yeah, 
We are about three and a half months into our cross-country move, and I can tell you that there is an undeniable piece that we were supposed to do this. Now, we did not even start the conversations of moving our family cross-country until February of this year. So it's October right now. It's wild to me to think that a year ago, we had no concept that this was even in our future. And Kind of a long story short, bringing back my type A, our whole family tested positive for COVID on December 31st last year. And so January was just like a mess for us. A few of us had long COVID, like it didn't start out on the greatest foot. And normally for my like, you know, planner self, I like to set up my year for success. I like to write down goals. I like to have intentions. I might make a resolution. I might have a word. And it was just a blur. Like there was no opportunity for me to do that. And so I think it was beginning of February. I just hastily took my phone out and in notes, like wrote down a few goals. And I talked to Mark I don't know, like a few days after that, it's like, did you ever make any resolutions now that we can breathe now that the year has finally arrived or set any goals or anything? And he said, no, did you? I said, yeah, I actually wrote them in my phone. Let me just take them out really quick. And I literally took my phone out. And the first one that I read was take more risks. And I audibly gasped, <gasps> who wrote that? Like, that is not me. I'm a planner. Like, erase. Like, why, why did I say that? And that honestly was the tiny seed that was planted that started this series of conversations of moving our family across the country. Now, in retrospect, I also recognize that what sometimes we or other people perceive as risks are actually investments in ourselves. So when you make that mindset shift, decision-making changes a lot. But practically speaking, I felt a nudge to consider moving. We had just renovated a house and we thought we were going to stay there a little bit longer, but everything in my fiber was telling me like, we need to leave. Like we can't stay here any longer. We've like expired in this house, especially as a family of six. We had downsized to go in there. So lived through all the renovations together, taking things down to the studs. It was just a lot. And we thought that we were looking for something very specific for our next step. And it was just like this shift. It was that spark of writing, take more risks, lots of messages coming in. And it's like, gosh, we are only looking right here at what's in front of us. We are not looking up at what's available to us. And so I had just posed the question to Mark, would you consider moving like somewhere else instead of looking here and moving here? And he's like, ah, I don't know. Like, no, not really. Also, backstory is that we both knew we wanted to experience living somewhere else someday because we were born and raised in Wisconsin. But we thought someday, like maybe when we're retired, maybe, I, I don't know when, just we put it in that someday box of not having to think about when that would be. And so we just left that conversation as is. And I kind of was the one to crack the nut open. I was like, okay, let's talk about this. What would that look like? But it also planted a seed within Mark to start thinking about it, right? Like we knew we were going to move. And so we just had conversations over and over. And my gauge for it, if anyone is looking for like a marker of how to do this, is every time we had a conversation, I would say, what is your percentage of saying yes on a scale of 0% to 100% of saying yes to moving across the country? And if it's, I mean, I literally think he started at 30% and I started at like 60. And it was like, okay, so what are the things that are holding us back from saying a higher percent? And how can we work through those together? Is it job? Is it leaving our family? Is it because we literally don't know where we would move to? Is it, you know, what are all of the things? And that marker helped us answer all of the questions and basically the rebuttals that were like, well, we came down to the fact of like, why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we try it? We don't want to live and think five years from now, why didn't we do that then? We also felt like it was an opportunity at our kids' ages, how they are, that it would only get harder as they got older, as they got more intertwined with their friend groups, as they got more involved in the activities that they were in. So why not try it now? And 
what is the worst that can happen? We move home. We're already living here and we're, we're fine. So what would be the problem with coming home? And also just working through that together of would we feel like people thought we failed or of course, like they were right. Like we couldn't make it without all of our support system or whatever it was, but we just had those conversations. And from the family perspective, I think it's really important to note that I am a protective mama bear. Of course, this is something so big to uproot our family and move across the country. And I wanted my kids to feel the excitement and the adventure of it. I didn't want them to feel stressed. I wanted also for them to be able to process their emotion about it. So I hosted a goodbye party for all of their friends to come to. We had this letter making station where they still it was just like envelopes and stickers and markers. And everyone who came to the party could like write a letter to the kids or the family. And they still open those and read those. And they're so precious in so many ways. My oldest has started becoming a pen pal. I told her about a friend moving away when I was in elementary school and how we were pen pals like through high school and college and beyond. And we still stay in touch and really opening up with conversations from a positive perspective and also telling them and reassuring them that this is a decision for our family. If anyone is not thriving, if anyone is just really hurting and wanting to go home, we'll talk about it. We're not going to make a decision that is bad for any one of us. We're going to make the best decision for all of us. Wow. I think you handled that so well, especially because you do have a span of ages. Remind me your oldest and your youngest. So eight down to two. Yeah. And so you have a little bit of in school and a little bit of out of school. And I know the girls are really active in dance and other activities. And so being able to really bring them along, I know by the time you got here, they were all so excited. They were like, oh, we're going to have this adventure. We're going to do these really cool things. And what I think you've done such a good job as a parent and a partner with is saying exactly that quote, I am going to have to go back and listen to that so many times, but we were focusing not just at what was right in front of us, but what was available for us out there, basically. Oh my goodness, that quote is just so important for us to remember and remember for our kids, because we can all show up every day and be like, okay, these are the activities. These are the things we need to do today. This is what's going on. This is who lives here. This is what we're involved with here. And there's this whole big world out there that it's our job as parents to lead them to experience. And maybe that's not moving to a new state, but maybe it is. It may just be a trip or an adventure or watching something on Discovery Channel, but it also might be uprooting your family. And I think sometimes we are so quick to assume that isn't for us. And I think what you said of being like, this wasn't even a vision a year ago and how you've stepped into that and I would love for you to talk about some of the experiences that you guys have had because I have loved watching your journey from like your boat trips as a family to meeting people just that you happen to know online and coffee shops and like the way that you've connected with different people for your kids. It seems like you've already created such an amazing networking community there and it's been three months. Yeah, it's really incredible what intention can do for you. Part of my intention with moving my kids was, I mean, kids are resilient. I trusted that, but I wanted them to feel a level of consistency, even though we were taking away everything that they knew. So I did all of this research before we even moved of where was the dance studio? Where was the gymnastics place? What was the t-ball team? Like, where all the things were. So I felt like we could integrate right away and didn't have that waiting period of like, how are we going to meet people? Where are we going to go? Plugging into our church right away. We knew what church we wanted to go to. You know, the, the ways that we could build community through the activities that we were doing. And I think that was a huge piece of it because when you start seeing the same people week over week, no matter what, you're going to start having conversations. You're going to start meeting them. You're going to get to know them better. Your kids are going to get to know their kids. And that is like just scratching the surface of what is possible when you're trying to get connected with a new community. But it's also this amazing world that will show up for you. And you mentioned my friend who I met in a coffee shop. I took a trip to Texas before we moved 
to, which by the way, we, we are renting right now so that we can get a feel for where we ultimately want to be. And I think that also has given us this freedom to think like, okay, we like, we don't have to be stuck here. We didn't move and make this commitment that this is exactly where we are, but we're finding that we love exactly where we are. So that was definitely just like a positive in the journey too of like, let's see how this goes for a year and where do we want to be after that? And what will that look like? But anyway, I came to our rental before we moved because rentals are super competitive here. Our lease started way before we moved and I was installing blinds in our house and just doing a few things to prep for moving. My inventory is capped at a 3PL here in Dallas. So it was like a dual trip and I was going to try and take care of everything. And I had been to Dallas before and my friends who also lives here, it's such a small world. We were neighbors back in Wisconsin, like years ago, have stayed friends, stayed in touch, have worked together kind of throughout the years. She used to live two doors down from me and now she lives 15 minutes from me in Dallas. So that's another small world thing. But she had taken me to this coffee shop that I like loved. And so... I was here in town just for a few days. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to this coffee shop. I like really want to go there. What time should I go? I have to run this errand. I have to do this. I have to do that. And finally, I'm like, I'm just going to go right now. So it was also hemming and hawing of the timing of it. And then unbeknownst to me, it was like the best timing in the world. So I'm waiting to order. And this woman comes up to me and she has her three kids with her. And she's like, uh, this is going to sound so weird, but are you Lisa? I'm like, yes. She's like, I follow you on Instagram and I knew that you were moving to Texas, but I didn't know that you were moving here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God sent you. We are supposed to be friends. What is your name? Who are you? All these things. And I left that trip with her phone number. I like texted her, like, tell me about this, or can you tell me about that? She's been so helpful in everything. She's like so amazing. I'm so grateful for her. And you just never know what can happen or where you can find your people. And also confirmation that pouring into building a community for so many years on the side of my side hustles and leading up to launching Prim and Clove, that that creates so much value to our lives. And you never know who is going to provide value to you when very directly. And so that was just the most amazing example of how that happened. Yeah, I love that story so much. And I think it doesn't, you know, you've created this community by sharing your life on Instagram primarily, but it doesn't have to be just that, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to just share your life on Instagram. Like you could just message one person in your local Facebook group, or you could decide to say hi to someone at school pickup that you don't normally say hi to, or in the grocery store or anything else. And I think, you know, in this world, we live behind these screens so often that we forget to step out and introduce introduce ourselves more often. And we're worried, what is that person going to think? Or they think that I'm weird, that I want to make a friend or that I don't have any. I actually hear this from women in my community all the time. Like, well, if I go to try to make friends, does that mean that people think I don't have any? It's like, look, we're all busy. Everyone can use more community and support. Like, go say hi. And to imagine that if she hadn't had the courage to do that, how it would have affected both of you. And if you hadn't had the courage to show up online or reach out and be that friendly, face in so many ways. And you very well could have just blown her off in the coffee shop too, right? So all of those things I think are so important for everyone to figure out how that fits into their life. But you've allowed this to all unfold in such a beautiful way for your family. And I just think that it's really inspirational and for everyone to be able to take pieces of it and move forward. So I love that the common theme that I've heard throughout Everything today is really listening to yourself and really getting clearer on what it is that fits for you and your family, regardless of where you are and the decisions that you make. And in business, allowing yourself to transition and pivot through careers or businesses or staying home and knowing that you don't have to pick one or the other and you really can have it all and transition through those different seasons of life and motherhood and business and supporting your partner. 
And so with that, I would love to wrap us up and just see, is there anything else? You always have so much wisdom. Is there anything else that you would just love to leave this community with, whether it's a piece of advice, a quote, a hack, or anything that's just kind of still on your heart that you really wanted to share today? Yeah, I do have something. And it's really based off of what you were saying is this real life application. You don't have to share your whole life on Instagram to hopefully have someone meet you in a coffee shop. I really think that motherhood can be really lonely if we let it be lonely. Entrepreneurship is really lonely sometimes if we let it be lonely. We have to find our people. And my friend Jenny has said it the best when she shared with me once, if you want to find your people, it seems really counterintuitive because maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel shy. Maybe you feel like you have nothing to offer. Maybe you are stuck in comparison, whatever it is, reach out first. Be that person to send the DM and say hi. Be that person when you see the mom in Target to like wave and say like, I see you. I've totally been there. Reach out first. You are putting yourself, it kind of goes full circle again, I guess, like that people over projects. You are fulfilling yourself. And if you do that, there are going to be people who are going to pour back into you. So pour into others. Don't let your life be lonely. And when you are overflowing, those opportunities are going to be overflowing too. And you're going to be ready to take them and to dream bigger and see not what's just in front of you, but like the world of possibilities ahead. I love that so much. And I know you are just getting started, whether it's in Texas or your new entrepreneur, your new entrepreneurial ideas. I am so excited to see where they go. I would love for you to share how can everyone connect with you, find you online and support you in this current season? Yeah, I would love to connect. So come say hi in DMs, whatever you need. I'm there. The best place right now is on Instagram at lisa.betcher. And that's my favorite place to hang out right now. We'll put it in the show notes too, so everyone can find it. For your next chapter, I would love to just put you on the spot here. And you already do such a good job embodying listening to yourself, but this is a new chapter. So now that you've had all these transitions and you've done such a great job, I can say great job connecting the dots backwards. Maybe in the moment you were like, are we doing it? But I can say looking backwards, you've done such a good job navigating through all of this, going into this new transition and season, selling prim and clove, being in a new state, What is one thing that is like top priority, top of mind to really make sure that you're prioritizing for your own well-being through these transitions? Yes. The major lesson in this season of my life is actually patience. It's not rushing the process. It's not trying to constantly be the achiever who can do the things. So I should just be doing something. It's taking the time the space, the quiet to be really purposeful in the steps that I'm going to be taking moving forward. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Mamas, if you loved this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals on Apple Podcasts. And that way you will always know when we drop a new episode. And please leave a five-star review with your biggest takeaway from Lisa today. And follow us on Instagram at Mama Has Goals. And you can find Lisa.Betcher on Instagram as well. See you next time. Thanks, Kyle.